So I was selling these $2,000 courses. People are buying them left and right. But a lot of people I realize buy courses to make themselves feel like they've done something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The spending of the money. I've done that plenty of times. Is <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You know? The spending of the money uh, makes us feel like we've made some progress when we haven't done anything at all. Or okay. We are live. Today I have George Cal. He is a business coach who is a champion for generosity in business and honesty in marketing. He's the author of two books, Authentic Content Marketing and Joyful Productivity. I have him on today because he is an expert in building small businesses and helping freelancers, coaches, and entrepreneurs to get out on their own. Just to give you guys some idea of how much of a authority George is in his first year in business, he was doing over $10,000 of revenue per month in his own personal business. And he expanded that to over $350,000 in revenue during his second year. So George really knows what he's talking about when it comes to building up a sustainable business for yourself. And he has a unique approach to doing this in a way that's authentic to yourself and your principles. And that's really why I wanted to have him on. So George, thank you for coming on. Absolutely, Ian. It's great to be here. Happy to serve your audience. Just one quick clarification. Yes, the first year I cracked the 10K per month mark. The second year, the 350 was annual rather than monthly, <laughs> in case anyone yeah. was <laughs> in, case anyone, uh, in case anyone wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's still pretty, pretty impressive for yeah, a second it's, year. That's not bad for a solopreneur. <laughs> not bad at all. So... Uh, if you're okay with it, George, I have a list of questions and I was just going to dive right in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the first one is, what are you working on right now that you're most excited about and why? Yeah. So right now, this year, I, I have a 10-year business plan for what I call an authentic business. Mm -hmm. uh, and just because those, a lot of people watching this, hearing this might not have heard that term authentic business. Um, it's something that I've started to use a lot and maybe some people might even say I've, I've coined that term uh, and I'll just let me ex explain it real quick and then I'll talk about what I'm working on now. An authentic business basically is one where you are monetizing your passion essentially. So it's not just something you're doing for the money um, but it does pay the bills and it might even make a lot of money but uh, you are doing it uh, not primarily for the money. Uh, so that's sort of my passion really is to create, well, I, I feel like I've created a system, but to really teach the system for how one can build an authentic business um, in, in sort of the modern age with all the tools that we have, uh, which I know you're interviewing a lot of people in this, in this series that will mm -hmm. be sharing all these different tools and different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote a blog post, it's on my website, um, called 10 Year Plan for Authentic Business because I myself am, I noticed I was following this particular pathway. So I kind of wrote about it and I myself am in year five right now. Uh, now what's interesting was I actually started my business almost 10 years ago mm. in the whole, you know, 10 K a month, first year, et cetera, et cetera. But about halfway into it, about, you know, four years into my, my the first iteration of my business, I got disillusioned by it. I was a bit burned out by it and I really didn't feel passionate about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Essentially, I realized I had built an inauthentic business, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. one that was financially viable. Sure. Mm. But it didn't, 
it, it wasn't something I was excited to get up in the morning. And sometimes it even kept me up at night because I wasn't really, I was doing some things that, you know, some ta- marketing tactics that I didn't love. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. would I do that, the same marketing tactic to my family and friends? Mm-hmm. They would find it cheesy or they would find it maybe manipulative. Yeah. But the reality is that much of internet marketing, in my opinion, in my experience, is like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it touches on manipulation and deception and kind of cheesiness, or I don't know, however, whatever terms you want to use, you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. So, so I had this kind of crisis of conscience and, and I essentially shut down my business over a course of a year. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started over uh, primarily with authentic content to say like, who, who what do I, what do I really want to say? Who, who am I really? Mm-hmm. And, and I started from there. And then from there, I was able to then get clients, and from getting clients, I was able to create a, create a kind of a group program. Um, and then from there, I started creating online courses. And so, so that, that pathway was kind of what I wrote about in, in my 10-year authentic business plan. So what I'm doing now, to answer your question, is year five is, is what I call kind of the scaling um, and automation year. Mm-hmm. So I have had a couple of years now where I've been teaching online courses, doing it successfully. Now I'm saying, all right, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of clarifying the system uh, for scaling the sales of online courses um, so that uh, I can then focus more and more on my, the highest value that I can bring to the world, which is my content, rather than the, some of the you know, logistics and, and other things that I'm doing. So, and, you know, the other kind of, uh, incentive or, or the, the purpose mission behind it is, you know, I'm, I've got aging parents mm-hmm. within a couple of years, they, they won't be able to work anymore. And mm-hmm. they're kind of worried about where they're going to put their money. You know, they, they can't live on that money for, for much, you know, for very long, you know, they, for, they're good for a while, but, but a lot of us, you know, have either aging parents or we know people who have certain chronic illness or we're taking, and a lot of people in the world basically need to find a way to create a kind of basic income for themselves. Mm-hmm. Before we have universal basic income, we all need to create our own basic income, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, and so that we can focus our efforts more on doing things we love and doing things that are the highest value contribution. So my idea is if I could come up with a system that allows anybody to, well, they're following the 10 year plan to then be able to create online courses from their passion that they can then scale with, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads, other kinds of ads, then wouldn't it be great if that could be, I mean, already I'm seeing returns of a hundred to 300% on my ads Mm -hmm. return on investment. Yeah. That's better than the stock market, isn't no, it? No, that's super high. Yeah, that's super <laughs> but high. Now, now, I have to say, the reason why I'm still trying to figure out the system is because that 100 to 300% return is from my warm market, mm-hmm. from my warm audience, mm-hmm. which, of course, the system is warming up an audience, warming up a cold audiences are virtually unlimited out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You can warm up a cold audience with authentic content and then get those high returns with with offering your online courses to your warm audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm still, I'm working on that system this year. That's what I'm focused on. And uh, as I start to figure that out, I'm going to be teaching that of course in my courses as well. Oh, wow. So many questions from that story. Yeah. That is, that is exciting. I, I can, uh, yeah, I'll go with this first since we're already on this topic. 
So a lot of marketers, in order to give people systems they even think have a chance of scaling, will use things like automated webinars with false oh, yeah. time constraints, totally. you endless oh, yeah. amounts of deception tactics used in most oh, yeah. webinars that people are running cold or even semi-warm traffic to. Sure, sure. So how are you creating a system that can scale You know, using the same tools as these people without yeah without using those tactics because totally. you know that's like engineering from the ground up you don't have anything oh to reverse God. engineer it's like brand new yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you're pretty savvy about internet marketing already because you're talking about oh, the, <laughs> these, these things right so yeah. the typical funnel you know the typical marketing or sales funnel is you know facebook ads to mm. a lead generation webinar mm. or mm. ebook or whatever and then emailing them to, to, you know, to death basically yeah. until yeah. they buy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all of us have probably been a consumer of that to some degree and nobody loves that. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's like, it's like we put up with marketing mm. to get the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And my mission is to say, why can't marketing be something we look forward to? Yeah. You know, why can't marketing be something that we're so proud to have our own family and friends get into our funnel or whatever I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. And I like to say basically screw funnels, think friendship. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's kind of the, the shortcut of my system or the mm -hmm. short way of saying it. it's like, instead of looking at people as cold audiences, as lemmings mm -hmm. to put into this pipeline, you know, like everything is like very, um, it takes the relationship out of, out, out of what we are actually doing is talking to human beings. Yeah. And it's like Ian's a Ian is now a friend or, mm -hmm. I mean, you essentially build a friend kind of friendships, loose friendships with thousands mm -hmm. and tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And so just, just, you know, for a long story short, this system that I'm envisioning is essentially, um, the warm audience is going to convert at about 100 to 300%, sometimes 400% uh, ROI in terms of ads to direct selling of courses, not opting in and then, and then bunch of emails Buy. I'm getting direct. Like here's my, here's my latest online course, check it out. And by the way, the price point's important. Yeah. I would say under, under 50, 50 or under is a really good price point for, mm -hmm. for even for warm audiences to say, you know, no brainer, I really like Ian. I've been seeing his content already. What he's offering is obviously something interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I, I would trust him over somebody else who's offering the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so the returns are really high with warm audiences. Obviously, you need to warm up those cold audiences to make them warm. So if you take that those ad dollars, the spending to warm people up, the millions that are out there, you know, just even with Facebook lookalike audiences, it's easy to create, mm -hmm. you know, audiences of millions, depending on what country you're in, mm -hmm. and warm them up into finally tens of thousands, okay? If you, if you consider those ad dollars with, with the warm, uh, you add it all together, you're going to get still a return on investment that's probably higher than the stock market. It's probably above 10%. Mm -hmm. Count all that in there. And so I think right now, if I count everything, I'm, I'm averaging about 50% return mm -hmm. on investment. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea is can we create a system that will give you a better return than putting your money into some mutual fund or some, you know, whatever bonds or whatever, whatever people do, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and I would say if that is the case, then this is the most socially responsible investment you can make. It's mm. a good pitch because, yeah. you know, I don't care if you're investing in some green company, yeah. You know, you don't really know what they're doing with the money. No. And it's not really directly connected to your mission. 
Yeah. Versus if you are spending your money on Facebook ads, Google ads, yes, we can talk about the ethics of those companies, but essentially <laughs> they're spending your money <laughs> to, they're spending your money to, uh, I, I call it, you know, I'm kind of, kind of coming from a more um, spiritual kind of, that's my worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I call it your content and your ads are your ministry. Mm. Yeah, very like true. You're, you're spending money to grow the visibility of a message that you're passionate about. Yeah, an idea or message. Yeah. And, and a solution you're passionate about. So mm -hmm. you believe in the money that you're spending on, on, you know, for these ads. Mm -hmm. so anyway. No, I mean, I totally agree. That's uh, I, you know, I've been around a lot of companies where it's, it's, uh, it's just any, anything to get the short-term transaction. So I'm kind of wondering, you mentioned some of this, you said you were, you know, back when you had your first company, you were staying up at night. It was keeping you up at night. Some of the tactics you were using. Um, I know marketing has changed, but what type of things in particular really bother you that you see in marketing? Or if you can talk about it, what were you doing that was bothering you? Totally. Um, We've already mentioned some of the marketing tactics that um, wasn't sitting well with me, the, the false constraints, mm -hmm. the false scarcity, like you've got 15 minutes left to sign up for this webinar, which is actually an evergreen automated webinar that <laughs> yeah. happens, yeah. you know, 24 hours a day, you know, yeah. 24, 24 times a day. Like, yeah. um, it's just, and, and some of the more cheesy stuff that unfortunately works. You see, part of the, part of the problem with all this about authentic marketing versus mainstream, why do we even need to mention this? Mm -hmm. Why isn't it just marketing? It's because unfortunately cheesy or deceptive marketing works yeah. in the short term. Yeah. Like, because we are human beings that are easily triggered and copywriters and graphic designers and, you know, internet marketers know the triggers mm -hmm. that will get us to take action. Mm -hmm. um, even though, usually we have some kind of buyer's remorse afterwards or we're, we're kind of taking action in, in, from a place of fear yeah, yeah. or greed mm -hmm. or fear of missing out or um, like desperation or something. They kind of get us to a point where like, well, it sounds too damn good to be true. I mean, it sounds so good. I mean, I might as well try it out. But it's, and then we buy and we're like, oh, it's, it's not the hype that they sold us. You know, so... That, that's one part of it. The other part of it that kept me up at night was I was selling $2,000 programs, mm -hmm. $2,000 courses. Yeah. At, again, it wasn't 2000. It was 1997. <laughs> you know? Like even yeah. charm pricing, I, psychological pricing, I, it was making me kind of uncomfortable. So I was selling these $2,000 courses. People are buying them left and right. But a lot of people I realized buy courses to make themselves feel like they've done something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The spending of the money. I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> is me too. Yeah. You know? The spending of the money uh, makes us feel like we've made some progress when we haven't done anything at all. Or mm -hmm. even the next step, of course, consum uh, consuming the courses without doing anything. Like, oh, yeah, well, I finished module one. Woohoo. Now I'm going to go and, you know. Not do anything. Yeah, it's just like a drug. Anything, right? Yeah. So. So I, uh, I could no longer sleep at night in terms of like, oh, all these people are spending money with me. Yeah, yay. But I'm not fulfilling my mission. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not, it's um, one of my heroes is uh, Gandhi. Actually, he's right here. And those of you watching the video, right here on my wall. Um, and one of the things he said that was famous letters he wrote, it was he talked about the, the seven uh, sins of society. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the sins of society is, wealth without work yeah 
or and that's another one was commerce without morality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting in the seven sins, he two of them were about how we make money. Yeah, you know, and that was what I was experiencing was wealth without work. I was like, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to sell. It's easy to make lots of money, but I it wasn't adding value. It wasn't adding real value. Mm-hmm. So, so so one one of the um, myths I like to bust is. Any business that's making a lot of money must be adding value. And that's not true. I mean, if you look at, I mean, everything from illegal weapon sales to, you know, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. there's lots of money being exchanged in the world. That's not adding positive value in society and in the world. Yeah. I was feeling like I was basically taking money from people without really helping them improve and grow. It, yeah. It, so it, long story short, what I've done now is my online courses are now $45. And instead of selling a 12 module course, mm-hmm. I've broken it up into little bite-sized chunks for 45 bucks. And actually I, I still feel like I give probably too much in, in the 40, it was like five, five hours of Facebook marketing training for 45 bucks or whatever. But, um, but I, I feel like, Hey, I feel much better. If people buy 45 bucks, it's kind of like buying a book. I'm not going to hound them. So did you read the book? You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah. so, but the chances, what's interesting is if I, if I make it bite-sized, people are more likely to actually consume and do something with it anyway, especially if I'm selling a topic that I've validated to be something they actually want to do something with. So, mm. yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think, you mentioned that it doesn't always add value. I think sometimes people do get carried away with selling themselves on the idea that, you know, the more money you make, the more value you're adding to the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think in the long run, people tend to, you know, value entities and organizations that do genuinely add value in the long run. But I, I think in the short run, in the medium term, that's definitely not, like you said, always the case. I mean, you know, human yeah. trafficking is big business. Oh uh, yeah weapons trafficking is big yeah. business. Those yeah. don't necessarily add to, you know, value for everyone. So. That's exactly right. But yeah. I, you are right in the long term and the long term is more like decades. Mm. You know, yeah. the companies that actually society are benefiting from mm. in society's perspective. I mean, you could say Coca-Cola has been around and this Coca-Cola really adding value. Well, mm. society says it is, you know, some people don't mind sugary soda or whatever, you know? So, but yes, in the short term, which is, well, the problem with, you know, quarterly stock reports, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. company reports, like CEOs are, 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 are incentivized to just make short-term profits, which usually oftentimes um, are preying on short-term human appetites um, that people eventually in the long-term regret. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I definitely think so. So one of the big things you do, I know you have products and you have client services. What, how, how do you approach working with clients and what are some of the, you know, different things, whether it's technical or just uh, more strategic, what are some of the things you help clients with that come to you? I started um, 10 years ago with social media training and consulting. Mm-hmm. I was helping, and this is for everybody who's kind of listening and saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm helping with friends with that too, or, I started helping friends, you know, mm-hmm. and colleagues uh, with using Facebook professionally and LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, and it was really one of my friends who said, Hey, George, you should, you're so good at this. You should, you know, make it a career. You yeah. know? He was yeah. kind of joking, 
Yeah. But then at that point, I was kind of looking for a job. And so I'm like, well, maybe I should start doing something with this. So I started uh, getting some clients in that way. Um, and then I kind of got clients asking me to say, George, you're really good at doing webinars. That back then I was doing webinars to convert. Yeah, to yeah. Yep. High price program. So um, they said, why don't you teach us how to do webinars? And, and because of their request, and this is really... The, I um, I think it was it was Derek Sivers who, who who said this like don't start a business until people ask you to, yeah, yeah. you know and he did, yeah right and so clients want this clients are requesting it so I added that to my portfolio mm-hmm. and then over time people were asking me about helping them find their niche and then so I kind of just added pieces to my portfolio over time such that at this point I have the luxury yeah. and I call it a luxury. I had the luxury to be a generalist mm-hmm. who can say, basically I help people with the overall business strategy. Um, and if they need specifics that I'm aware of that I know how to do, I will help them with that too. If not, I can refer them on to other freelancers. So mm-hmm. I, I call this a luxury because in the beginning it's really hard to start out as a generalist because yeah. people don't generally buy generalist services. They tend to um, choose freelancers for specific challenges that they have or tools they want to figure out or whatever. So mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. So is there, I know you said you started out with, with social media. Is there any type of, you know, would you, would you say that's still a good way for people to start or how would you suggest someone who wants to go down your path? That's just starting now. Anything that you are seeing your friends and your colleagues uh, struggle with and have a passion to try to figure out, is worth starting as a freelancer doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this advice is evergreen. Yeah, uh, you know, back in, when I was starting in two thousand eight, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter were really hot in terms mm-hmm. of using that. And right now, it's more like Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. You know, is is really hot. Uh, well, you know, now it's I'm not sure. Maybe it's going downhill with all the scandals and everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, maybe the next thing is a resurgence in Google ads or whatever, right? So it's like whatever is hot right now. I think you know, there's a lot of data, data, you know, people into uh, data right now who's you know, watching or listening to this. Um, so analytics or whatever uh, might be might be hot. So um, so pay attention is what I would say. And, and also, um, that's one way, just pay attention to your friends and your colleagues and what, 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 they're, what they're kind of trying to take classes in or trying to figure out. And you could basically come along and say, all right, you've taken all these classes or you <laughs> about it. Yeah. I figured out, I've taken the classes, let me just do it for you. Yeah. So that's the easiest way. The other way I was to kind of listen and pay attention is to go to Upwork, you know, up, Upwork.com. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And you can go to Upwork and basically look at the job postings there mm-hmm. and go, well, what are people wanting to hire for? Yeah. And build your portfolio based off those jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's a good, that's a really good, good piece. Of, I, I tell people to do that on AngelList all the time. Oh know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. To get an idea of like what you have to have for people to even consider you. But Upwork's a great one too. Yeah. Awesome. And you could look at, you know, once you, you could look at the jobs, you can also look at current freelancers or search for freelancers and seeing what their most recent jobs are and, mm-hmm. And how much they're earning because that's a really good signal. Oh wow, this person just earned four thousand dollars doing this for that company. Wow, well, maybe I should look at that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some surprising ones. Keywords. Use your keywords to then search further for more job postings for you to kind of tailor your own profile or resume 
towards those skills. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Tailoring the resume too is another one that nowadays with job switching, it's like every job needs a different, different presentation. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So one of the things this is like a switching topics a little, well, you know, you talk a lot about authentic marketing. One of the other things I saw you speak on quite a bit is joyful productivity. So, you know, to me, I know what, what feels like the opposite would be the idea that you try to cram as much as you can into every hour you're tracking. So is joyful productivity just the opposite or what exactly is that? Yeah, totally. So let me first just um, explain the word joyful, right? Because <laughs> we, we hear productivity a lot, getting things done, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, why the word joyful? Um, it's because uh, my audience tends to be more kind of spiritually driven. So joyful is kind of coming from that world. Um, you could, for a more you know, mainstream audience, I could say mindful, right? Yeah. Mindful is big, right? So mindful productivity or kind of conscious productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is, I'll, I'll say this, um, maybe I could say it's the opposite of hustle. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, okay. And the, the anti <laughs> grind it out. Yeah. And hustle your face off. Yeah. So, so I, by the way, I have to say, I, I love Gary V. Okay. I, I was going to like, it's I'm like a the fan. in the room at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan of Gary V, et cetera. Um, yeah. but what I'm not a fan of is working yourself to death. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and what I am a fan of is what I'm, I'm also not a fan of means to an end. Mm. If you think about it, that's essentially the core of ethical business and ethical work mm-hmm. is to pay attention to the means itself. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you're doing anything as a means to an end, oh, I'm just doing this campaign or just doing this business so I can make enough money to have vacations and to do what I really want to do. And then to help the world. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like I'll, I'll make a bunch of money first and then I'll be good. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And you'll, you, you never, you don't know if you'll ever make enough money to, and by the, once you start that treadmill, you realize there's always more money you could make before you you're satisfied. Right. Mm-hmm. So joy for productivity essentially is to say, what if every day is a joy? Mm-hmm. What if every hour, what if every task could be reframed as purposeful? Yeah as mission oriented. Yeah. And as a, um, so yeah. So, so the whole sort of framework is around transforming the moment. So, yeah, no, that's so, that's so interesting. I have two buddies that are entrepreneurs that literally were in an argument over this, like for days, you know, one is all about no matter how he feels working and the other guy is like really about, trying to figure out what's right for him and his clients. And it's so, yeah, it's a big question. I like that though, because it's more or less a refusal to ignore the means, you know, which a lot of people are comfortable doing. Uh, Yeah. 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 So I just have a couple more questions. Uh, One specific one's pretty general. So the specific one is, you know, what to you are the biggest things uh, people are getting wrong in business and marketing and what would you kind of, since it is a hot topic suggests to some of the, you know, big companies that are having big, big public image issues and issues with how they deal with clients. Wow. Okay. 
Um, just for fun. <laughs> yeah, right. So the first one is what are people doing wrong in marketing? Do you mean, you mean smaller businesses or do you just mean like larger companies? Uh, it can be either one. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we could answer the question like in terms of results or in mm. terms of means, right? Once again, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll answer it just because of my, my point of view. And I'm sure you you have lots of guests who can answer it differently. But I think what companies and small businesses are doing wrong in terms of marketing is looking at it um, kind of like the like like Pavlov looked at his dogs. You know, mm. it's this, it's the it's the triggering idea of I just got to find the right trigger for Ian so I can get him to do something for me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I get him to buy, get him to opt in, get him to engage or whatever it is your metric is. Mm. I actually wrote a blog post about this a while ago. Um, called the metaphors of marketing or metaphors. Uh, yeah, I think the metaphors of marketing, you know, Madison Avenue and, you know, um, Fortune 100 companies, they, some of them have war rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And what is a war room except the metaphor is we're going to war with mm -hmm. other big companies to dominate our share of the market mm -hmm. and what are the casualties? We're, we're killing it. Well, the casualties are actually the people, right? yeah, <laughs> the consumers, yeah. right? It's like we, we killed it. We killed it. We, and so, so that's one metaphor. Another metaphor is conversion and marketing as religion, mm -hmm. indoctrination, etc. You know, it's like this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the words right? matter. Huh? This whole thing of basically companies are trying to start cults. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy yeah. because you're, you're brainwashing people. You're keeping them from thinking on their own. And, and I, I believe true growth is about fostering somebody's free will and yeah. kind of they're allowing them to make mistakes that they want to. And, and, you know, there's other metaphors in marketing, but the metaphor I like is basically marketing is friendship. Mm. And I, I mentioned that earlier, which is if I'm looking at a friend, okay, a real friend doesn't try to persuade you and, and kind of trick you into doing stuff. Mm. And also a real friend doesn't show up all the time to try to keep top of mind for you. You know, that's, that's maybe yeah. like a, like a naggy neighbor or something. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but right. Like a, like a real friend yeah. is somebody who is there for you that you, you seek them out. Yeah. You know, so that's how I want to do marketing is some people go, wow, George, your marketing is so different. There's something different about it. And, and sometimes I even want to insert the word humility into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is the most yeah. ironic thing for a marketer to say. Mm -hmm. but, but my whole point of view about marketing is I want people to chase me. Like, I want people to go, wow, I haven't seen George's Facebook post in a while. Let me go to his Facebook page and see what his latest thing is. And people actually do that. You know, yeah. With, yeah. Um, well, of course, I run lots of Facebook ads, so they typically see me. But, uh, but if Facebook, for whatever reason, went down or I, I, I wasn't there anymore, people look for me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I mm -hmm. want that to be true for all my clients and everybody that I, that I teach is what if you did marketing in such a connected way and think about again, what a true friend is a true friend learns about you so that they can actually help you in a way that you feel like, Oh, that was awesome. That you mm -hmm. did, you did so good for me, you know, rather than my God, this guy doesn't know what I really want. Like he's just offering me help in ways that I don't actually care about. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So.
no, that's, that's, that's really awesome. I like that. It's like giving the people space to kind of, you know, figure out what they want and attract the right. So it kind of filters. Yeah. Only the right people. Exactly. That's interesting. Um, Oh man. And before I get to the last question, people can find you at it's georgecow.com. Do you have any other sites where people should go to look for your material? Um, Google me. <laughs> and thankfully I'm, I'm pretty well SEO'd for my, so there's for a my lot. <laughs> you are, um, but yeah. yeah, so they can find me on Facebook, um, uh, facebook.com slash George cow community, mm. youtube.com slash George cow is, you know, a bunch of my videos are there. And, um, yeah, so the, and medium, I'm on medium as well. So. Yeah. So if you're looking for a business coach and you're tired of webinars, Google George. <laughs> um, the last, the last question I wanted to ask is, is there, um, anything else that I should have asked that I didn't or that you would like to talk about or leave people with? Wow. Um, it's a great question. I feel like we've talked a lot, uh, about all kinds of things. So yeah, we've covered the gamut. Um, I would say, um, yeah, I, I, I would say that if it's possible for the person watching or listening to this to think about a multi-year plan, that would be awesome in terms of creating what I call a true livelihood, right? Livelihood, like, like something that you really love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can think of it in multi-year, that would be great because then you could do it authentically. You know, uh, I, one thing I like to say is it's never too early to start building your audience. Yeah. So if you're, if, as you're watching this, listening to this, like you need to start building an audience now, yeah. not when you're ready for your next job, not when you're thinking about your next, getting your next client, not when you're starting to think, okay, next year I'll start clarifying what I'm going to be doing as a freelancer. Start building your audience right now, even if you're 12. You know, <laughs> that yeah. can only benefit you. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever job you want, whatever, you know, freelance gig you want, whatever business you want to start, mm-hmm. having an audience will only benefit you and it's never too early to start. Um, so ideally you have a multi-year kind of on ramp to, to have that uh, income that you want. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at shorter term, uh, it's really about connecting thoughtfully one-to-one with mm-hmm. your network. Um, even in spite of all the social media, social networks, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you want to say, people are still pretty bad at keeping in touch with other people, like Mm -hmm. one-to-one thoughtfully, Mm -hmm. not like, Hey, Ian, how's it going? That's not a thoughtful message because now Ian has to think, well, how do I answer that question? Like I could talk about a million things. How's it going? But it's more like, Hey, Ian, I saw that you posted recently about this. And I want to share this resource with you that was really helpful for me or helpful for somebody that I knew or, or, um, or, you know, like be thoughtful in your outreach to people. And if you do that and you start a conversation if you can get into a conversation and find out what they need and try to meet that need, it doesn't even have to be something you make money on. Mm-hmm. But if you meet you know, the, the best, the best, I guess, thought that I'll end with is if you meet enough people's needs thoughtfully enough you will have your own needs met yeah so whether you're talking about personally or talking about a career i think that principle is is pretty much across the board nice nice well we will uh we'll leave it there um 
I'll cut it and we can chat after the recording. But George, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Hope this was helpful.